Alright, how's it going guys? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Med Bag, back with me, Troy, again, by myself, as usual. Uh, today I'm going to be reading a little bit from this book that I got called Bones by Dr. Roy Meals. Uh, it's been a great book so far, I'm only about 30 pages into it, but uh, I would definitely definitely recommend buying it if you have any interest in anatomy or, you know, anything human, human anatomy, human health related. Um, and I want to talk about a couple of other things uh, later on in the podcast. But I'm going to start out with uh, reading from the book, uh, just about how it starts. So he says, five carbon atoms can combine with each, with one each of oxygen and nitrogen, along with several of hydrogen to make proline and amino acid. And later on, he says, certain cells then assemble a proline-rich mix of amino acids into a chain that makes a molecule of collagen, which is the most common protein in our bodies. An extra hydrogen and oxygen atom then attach to many of the proline molecules. This causes the chain to kink sharply at irregular intervals, and it now looks more like a minuscule piece of corkscrew pasta. Three of these corkscrews nest together to form a collagen molecule, which even at the super sub-microscopic level is strong and stable because of the nooks in one strand nest into the crannies of adjacent ones. Now, thinking about that kind of puts a lot of things into perspective for me personally. Um, not to get too deep into religion, but uh, taking anatomy for me was when I started to really find my religion and uh, start believing in God more um, just because the body is designed it's it's created it's there's a there's a certain engineering aspect to it that like humans were obviously made and you know there's a lot of things but reading that that part right there uh just reminded me of some of the ways that I felt when I was taking anatomy and learning about different things and how the body works and how it's how it's formed and pieced together um and and bones are a, are a really good way to think about that and to think about how well the body is designed, how well the body is actually made. Um, and again, like I said, if if you want to dive deeper into it, I definitely suggest getting the book. It's it's literally just called Bones by Dr. Roy A. Meals. Um, I'm super excited to read the rest of it. Um, but from what I read and what I read today, um, started making me think about one of my previous podcasts where I talked about public health and how um, the the body really needs certain things uh, and certain assistance, if you, if you want to put it that way, to maintain um, health in the truest form. Um, but before I get to that, uh, another thing that um, I had really liked and enjoyed about anatomy was when we learned about Wolf's Law. Um, and Wolf's Law is essentially bone density changes in response to functional forces on the bone. Uh, this was a German, I believe, um, surgeon in the early 1920s, I want to say, um, that discovered this and hence coined the term Wolf's Law. 
Um, but essentially your body uh, and your bones in particular respond to forces that are uh, repetitively put on it. So jumpers will generally have um, thicker cortical bone around their, like in their femurs and tennis players are generally going to have thicker bone and more dense bone in their, the, the hand, the arm that they use uh, to hold the racket and to create that repetitive stress on whatever bone that it is. Um, Dr. Mills brings up in this book that gymnasts uh, will, the bones in their wrists and forearms become thicker because of the repetitive contact with high force contact with the ground. Uh, And it, it really, it's interesting to see how, how the body really responds to the certain stresses that you put on it. So bringing that into public health, um, it's, an, it's another reason that you should exercise. It creates another, it's, it's, it's just another thing that exercise just benefits from your body. Um, and if you remember, my, my degree is in exercise science, kinesiology. Um, so this is, this is one of my favorite things to look at is how something so simple as, you know, walking, taking the stairs as opposed to the escalator slash elevator or, um, walking the mile to go to the store as opposed to, you know, walk, um, taking a, taking your car or taking the bus or even biking. Um, even though it's a lower impact, it's still exercise. But as far as bones go, the high impact, you know, running, um, you know, using playing tennis, using a racket, playing baseball, throwing you know throwing a baseball, a football, whatever whatever it is that you do, um, really affects how how your how your bones in particular are formed and how they how they react to the environment. And that's pretty cool. Um, but in that in that last podcast that I talked about. Uh, I talked about how obesity is becoming an epidemic in the United States and globally as well. Um, and I didn't bring up any real statistics, but I found the statistics um, that I was looking for. So uh, in it's, it's roughly estimated, the CDC states, I should say, that it's rev- roughly estimated that 2.8 million people worldwide uh, die every year due to obesity-related complications. Uh, and to put that in perspective, half as many people have died of COVID in the, in the year that it's been around. Um, so as you can see, you know, the, the obesity epidemic is the real one that we need to focus on. Um, and the one that we need to focus on getting better, uh, and fixing as opposed to, you know, obviously, you know, respiratory diseases are going to be a big part of this, but this is going to help curb some of those unnecessary deaths from other, other reasons like, like COVID, for example. Um, and I won't talk about obesity, the entire podcast, but this is, this is one of the big things that, uh, it really, that is really important, uh, especially in the United States, um, because the CDC says that 42.4% of adults, uh, were considered obese. Um, this is the top 5% of obesity, by the way, um, between 2017 and 2018. Um, and 18.5% of children, uh, aging, you know, between the ages of two and 19, uh, were considered obese. 
and that's just a huge population of people. Um, you know, nearly half of adults are considered obese and, you know, almost 20% of children are considered obese and, you know, children are the ones that are supposed to be, you know, out running around and, you know, playing in the yard and doing this and that. And instead we see a lot of kids that are going to be staying inside and, you know, playing video games or, you know, um, they're going to be watching TV more frequently because that's just, that's just how it's, how people have been raised in the, the most recent generations. Um, and I'm not, obviously I'm not saying that, you know, video games are terrible or that watching TV is terrible. I mean, I play video games and I, I love watching movies and whatnot, but, um, getting your recommended, I think it's like an hour a day of just outside time of doing anything outside or being physically active at least an hour, um, is so beneficial, especially to those young kids, um, whose bones uh, need to, um, start getting used to the stresses of the world and the, you know, the way that the, the body is, um, just going to be battered and just beat up throughout the course of, you know, an 80 year lifespan, 80 to a hundred year lifespan. Um, but going into specifically how obesity affects bones, um, obesity is associated with an increased fracture rate, um, or risk of fracture. So a lot of people, or a lot of studies have shown that um, people with obesity have uh, more dense bone, more what's called bone mineral density. So essentially the amount of calcium that is um, present in the bones. So uh, taking a step back from that, um, that collagen that Dr. Meals talked about earlier um, is essentially a lattice or a scaffolding, if you will, for your bones and for some of your other cells as, uh, or your other body systems as well. Definitely cells too. Um, but the, the calcium is like the plaster that fills in that scaffolding. So um, I believe even in this book, he brought up that it's like paper mache. Uh, and that's like the best way to explain it. Um, so they, they, you know, obese people have more density, um, bone mineral density, so more calcium, but the, it's sort of a facade, if you will, um, because obviously you can't like take actual, um, samples of their bone without an invasive procedure that most people probably aren't going to agree to. Um, a lot of this is through imaging and, uh, bone density scans and whatnot. Um, so that's another thing that you have to take into account is it may look like they have a more dense bone, um, but they also might not. But the increased uh, fracture risk is due to metabolic syndrome um, or just poor general metabolic health. Uh, So their body isn't able to uh, repair bone or put bone together, build a bone uh, faster than your body's breaking it down. So the osteo, osteoclasts, I believe it is, are eating away at bone, um, eating that calcium lattice work away, and osteoblasts are going to be building it back up. And eventually you get to the point where the osteoblasts can't keep up with how much the osteoclasts are eating away at that calcium lattice. Um, and just eating away at the bone. So you're not building bone as quickly as you're 
deteriorating it. Um, and so with obesity, that's going to start at a, uh, at a, at a younger age than it would in, you know, a, a normal BMI, um, person. Uh, and this, this article is from Gower and Casaza. I butcher those names terribly. I wrote them down and can't read my own handwriting apparently. Um, but I think it's Gower, G-O-W-E-R, and Casaza um, that wrote this article. Uh, and they also er, wrote the article and did the study. Uh, and they also found that abdominal and visceral, uh, abdominal slash visceral obesity is associated with lower bone mineral density. So even, um, even the, the conception that, uh, obese people have higher bone density is starting to kind of go out the window. Um, so abdominal slash visceral obesity, that's going to be the, um, where your, your adipocytes, your fat cells are going to be more congregated around your organs as opposed to, uh, within your muscles or just even a subcutaneous, subcutaneous, um, layer of fat that's generally seen to be healthier than a, um, an abdominal slash visceral, uh, fat deposit. Um, but kind of moving on from, uh, from obesity as a whole, um, not to, not to talk about that the entire time, um, kind of moving into diet too. uh, bone is really affected on or affected by, what your diet is like too. So take, um, soda drinkers, for example, um, people that drink soda are generally going to have higher risk of bone, um, bone diseases like osteoporosis or just, uh, uh, vitamin D deficiencies and whatnot, because soda, uh, energy drinks, a lot of carbonated beverages have phosphorus in it or in them and excessive phosphorus intake above your recommended daily allowance is going to disrupt the hormonal regulation of your para, your parathyroid hormone, um, which essentially tells your body to either release calcium from the bones or uh, absorb it back into the bones. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna be affected, and you're gonna you're gonna leach more calcium from your bones and have uh, osteoporosis essentially. Um, but doctor. Dr. Meals talked about, again, in the book, uh, I'm reading directly from the book. He said, and dietary intake, or if dietary intake is sufficient and steady, the needed calcium comes from what we eat and drink. But because none of us are likely to sip on calcium smoothies around the clock, our bones become a bank that loans calcium to the bloodstream and takes it back as conditions change. So kind of explaining that in a more layman's term, um, with that parathyroid hormone, your body is using it to um, pull calcium into the bloodstream so your muscles can function properly. Uh, And the biggest one that needs to function properly is going to be the heart. So your heart, as much as everyone probably knows, is a muscle. It's a super highly specialized muscle that works harder than any other muscle in your body is going to. Um, Your heart, you know for the most part, never stops beating throughout your entire life. It, it's always consistently contracting and relaxing, contracting and relaxing. And all of that is going to take a calcium 
content and calcium, what do you call it, um, levels in, in your bloodstream that are very particular. Um, Dr. Meals talks in the book about how your calcium levels are the, the most consistent uh, blood level in your body where they fluctuate only within one to 2%. Um, and if they don't, you know, if you have too, too much calcium, your heart starts to get twitchy. Um, the, the muscles in your heart start twitching, uh, which obviously isn't very good. Um, and if it gets too low, they start cramping, uh, which means again, the muscle of your heart isn't contracting properly and doing what it's supposed to. Um, so your bones are going to be that storage for calcium. Um, and it's, it's when you're, when your body is pulling calcium so much that from your blood or from your bones into your bloodstream, uh, and you're not resupplying it, you're not resupplying that calcium into your bones you're going to start getting into those, those spots where you're, you know, you've osteoporosis, you have bone disease, bone degeneration. Um, you're going to be at a higher risk for fractures. If you fall, um, a lot of times it's going to be associated with bruising as well because your, um, your bones are where you make blood cells. And so if you're not, if you're not properly making those blood cells and if you're not doing, you know, if you're not replenishing your bloodstream in the right way, it's just, it's not going to end up very well. Uh, and a lot of that kind of ties into a, it could tie into a, um, a vitamin D deficiency as well. So a lot of people in, uh, more cloudy, uh, climates, more overcast places that have vitamin D deficiencies, will generally also have bone diseases due to the fact that the, um, if you didn't know, vitamin D is what uh, allows your body to absorb calcium. Um, and you get vitamin D from sunlight. Uh, your the UV, I want to say it's ultraviolet two or ultraviolet beta or something like that. Um, rays react with the cholesterol that's in your um, in your melanocytes in your skin and, uh, the, the reaction of that cholesterol, uh, creates vitamin D in your body. Um, obviously you can supplement with it as well, but, um, that's how you naturally get vitamin D. And so, uh, having vitamin D deficiencies, whether it be through diet, through not getting enough sunlight or however you have the deficiency, is also going to lead to um, not having uh, not having enough calcium in your bones or in your body um, to be able to replace the calcium either in your bloodstream or your bones or whatever wherever it was borrowed from <coughs> and obviously that's not going to be good. Um, <clears throat> And then another thing with like, like your high fat diets, um, diets that are high in fat are not as good for you, um, for many reasons. If I, we talk about blood lipid, um, content or the, again, move back to abdominal slash visceral, um, fat deposits and whatnot. It's, 
the 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 way the high fat diet affects your bones uh it it affects bone tissue um a little bit more uh than or let me back that up it's going to affect your the the marrow the inside of the bones as opposed to the bone the compact bone itself um so uh, n- another study or article uh, in the hormones uh, journal, it's just titled Hormones, um, by Savitas, Turnus, and Didi, uh, is that trabecular bone, mar- bone mineral density is going to decrease with your high-fat diet. Um, and uh, they found this in rats as well. Uh, more bone tissue... <clears throat> or people with higher fat diets, uh, again, leading, going back to obesity are going to have more bone tissue, but lower bone quality. Um, <clears throat> so they're going to have more adipocytes or fat cells in their bone marrow. Um, and it's going to make for an environment that promotes inflammation, um, swelling, just general pain, if, if you will, um, in the bone. So people with arthritis are going to be um, affected by this as well. So if you have arthritis, definitely um, try to try to eat a lower fat diet. Um, try to stick more more with your leafy greens, foods that are higher in calcium, as well. Um, drink milk. Eat spinach. Spinach is one of the highest um, calcium contents of I I want to say any of the leafy greens, but that could be wrong. Um, but again, you know, that's going to tie back into it's, it's your diet. Your diet is the biggest thing that's going to affect bone health. Um, diet and exercise are the two just main factors of bone health. And so bone health, um, kind of tying it all together, um, the health of your bones especially when it's related to your diet is huge. Um, because if you're not getting that calcium intake, if you're not getting that vitamin D, um, again, whether it be through the sunlight or from your diet or a supplement or something, um, is going to have major complications later on in life, especially if it's a repetitive, um, a habitual thing to, you know, eat a high fat diet or, you know, drink a lot of soda or, you know, energy drinks or something like that, that's going to leach that calcium from your bones and put you at a higher risk for, again, osteoporosis or um, general metabolic diseases and whatnot. Um, it's, it's more, more crucial to combine that, that good diet with a good exercise program. So to bring everything that we talked about today, to bring it all together, um, exercise, like high impact exercise and a good, well-rounded diet with all of your micronutrients and macronutrients and whatever you're adding on top of it, you know, good leafy greens, um, a good source of protein, um, among other things as well, are so important for the for your long-term health especially once you start getting to the age where you're like I talked about earlier like you're you're not you're breaking down bone faster than you're building it so your your osteoclast and your osteoblast are just in this constant battle of 
breaking down bone versus building it back up. But eventually those osteoclasts just start winning and start, you know, breaking down bone faster. Um, and you're not able to keep up with, uh, how fast you're losing bone density. Um, and I've, I've seen studies in the past, uh, especially when I was in college on how bone density gets affected, um, throughout the lifespan, you know, once you hit 30 to 40 years old, um, your, your bone density or your bone mineral density and, um, just overall bone health starts to, um, decrease and you start, uh, you know, losing that, losing that calcium and, um, you know, you have more fat cells in your bone and you have more inflammation, just general inflammation, it makes for a, a hostile environment for those osteoblasts um, and osteocytes uh, to do their job, essentially. Um, so my recommendation is to try to do an hour of um, some sort of activity every day, uh, seven days a week, you know, maybe on your on your seventh day walk you'll go for a walk. You don't have to do high intensity, um, high impact exercise every day to be able to see these benefits and, um, to build that bone density, especially while you're younger. Um, you know, anywhere from like 15 to 20, um, is essentially your prime years for building bone and making sure it's going to stay at that density. Um, and you're going to keep that, you're going to keep all those, um, minerals and that collagen lattice work in place. And it's going to help you, um, maintain bone health throughout the rest of your life. Uh, and it's just, it's so interesting to see just how, how the body changes, especially over time. Um, and how, how your bones are affected by all of this. I mean, having, having strong bones is the, the, the groundwork for having a healthy life. Um, obviously all your body systems kind of work together. And so having bones that are healthy, um, having a healthy diet is just, is it's the most important thing in my, in my opinion, that you can do when you're younger, you know, when you're in your, your late teens or early to mid twenties, um, anywhere in that time frame, because this is this, those are the years that you are setting yourself up for the rest of your life. A lot of people talk about work hard when you're young so that way you can relax when you're old. Well, you know, monetarily, yeah, that makes sense to, you know, get a good job, save a lot of money while you're young. So that way you can relax when you're older. But at the same time, that's going to be the same as your body as well. Uh, Dr. Mills talked about your bones are a bank for calcium. You want to build up as much of that as you can. Obviously, too much calcium is going to be bad. You're, you don't want to have um, like bone deposits in the wrong places. Um, I can't think of the name of the condition right now, but there's there's a condition where you grow bone in your muscles. Um, when your muscle, like if you get... Uh, some sort of traumatic, not traumatic, but some sort of blunt trauma to your muscles. Um, it's like, say you, you run your leg into the wall. 
uh, and people will grow bone there instead of, um, instead of, uh, muscle cells, you know, and it's, I want to say it's called osteo, osteomyelitis. Uh, nope, that's not it. Um, osteochondros, it's like ossif, I know the last part is ossificans. It's, oh, it's my, myositis ossificans, um, is what it's called. I had to look it up real quick. Um, that's obviously an example of, you know, too much, but that's general. that's like a, a fluke thing that doesn't happen as often. Um, but again, building that bank of calcium in your, in your body before you start getting older is the same as, you know, saving money uh, when you're younger or, um, going to school while you're younger so you can have an education for the rest of your life. Uh, it's, it's along the same lines. I mean, if you're going to, if we're really going to break it down, you know, you're, you're setting yourself up throughout your younger years for your older years in everything that you do. Um, and your, your body is the only thing that you have. So you, you should be taking care of it now and, you know, doing this and, you know, eating healthy, exercising, building that bone health. So that way you can use it as a a stepping stone for, okay, my bones are healthy. Now let's see what I can do to make my muscles healthy or my digestive system healthy, or, you know, work on my brain now, like, it's the same, it's the same thing kind of all around and reading this book by Dr. Meals, um, has kind of opened my eyes to that and kind of made me realize, um, a lot of different things about how our bodies are engineered and how, um, you need to take care of it now and set yourself up now for, uh, later on in life. But That'll be it for today. Uh, Another short podcast again. um, I'm going to try to keep them between 20 and 30 minutes as much as I can, at least uh, the ones that I do by myself. So I'm not rambling about bones a little too much. Um, Thank you so much for listening. If you did, uh, be sure to check out some of my other podcasts where I talk about public health. Um, My last podcast, I talked about supplementation. That's another good one that I personally liked a lot. Um, Remember to follow so you get the notification every time I upload a new one. I'm going to try to do it a little bit more often, but I have a bit of a busy schedule. So it's, you know, whenever they come out, whenever they is, whenever they come out. Um, but I, I definitely am going to keep, keep getting information like this out. And hopefully some people take what I say to heart and uh, realize that, you know, this is your body is what you got for your whole life. So you got to take care of it now and you got to do what you can to, Make sure those bones are staying healthy. So thanks again for listening and I'll catch you guys in the next one.